4: Back to more John Chuckery.
3: He's
5: in the zone. Sports Radio 92.9 9 The Game. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Sports Radio 92.9 9 The Game. Back with you at the John Chuckery Show. Final hour of the program is the start of the Brownlicker Music Hour. You know how we do it on Fridays, get the dance party cranked up and going. Uh, we mentioned Key Sweat earlier. We did get clarification, too, by the way. So we got clarification. Tracy Edmonds is Babyface's former wife. She was with Eddie Murphy for a little bit, but now she's the girlfriend of Deion Sanders. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Hey, good for Tracy. Yeah. Listen, she's been uh, been all over the globe with all the celebrities. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> right. There you go. So we were talking about our uh, ten favorite New Jack Swing artists uh, of all time, and of course Key Sweat is the Godfather of all that. Actually, Teddy Riley is probably the Godfather because you know he put together and produced all those people and everything like that. So he probably gets credit for all of that. But anyway. Uh, we'll keep the dance party going. Don't forget 1040. we got Rankum coming up for you, so make sure you hit us up with a list at 404-741-0929. Hit us up uh, as well on our Twitter pages, at JMCH316. He's at underscore Dylan Matthews. Of course, 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. is all the station. Social media, Odyssey apps, how you catch us when you are uh, on the go. Also, too, uh, NFL training camp begins next week. Baldy's breakdowns has a special live podcast next Tuesday uh, at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central. Uh, Join former offensive line Brian Baldinger and NFL insider Jason four as they dissect storylines that will shake up training camp. Get ready for the season with Baldy's Breakdowns on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcasts. And I love Brian Baldinger. He does a great job, and we have him on the show. And, um, you know, he's a terrific, uh, terrific NFL analyst, so uh, good for Baldy. Listen, getting that podcast money. So I know what that's like. So it's uh, all good stuff uh, out there. Anyway, watching some Braves baseball right now. No score. We talked about going to be low-scoring affair. We're only through the sixth inning. So I know it's after 10 o'clock, but remember, there was a rain delay that kept the game from starting. uh, It was not quite an hour. I guess it was a 55-minute rain delay that they had uh, tonight in there. So right now, 0-0. We're through six innings. Otani's pitched six innings with a hit and 11 strikeouts. Morton has pitched six innings with two hits and seven strikeouts. Now, he's at 105 pitches, so I'm guessing his night is done and won't be out for the seventh. Otani's interesting. He's only got 71 pitches so far. So he's gotten through six innings with 11 strikeouts, but only 71 pitches. Pretty efficient. Like, normally a, a bunch of strikeouts means you've got a bunch of pitches and because obviously you're having, you know, takes you three pitches to get a strikeout versus, you know, a guy to hit a ground ball, you know, to second base, whatever, in one pitch, whatever. So... Uh, be interesting to see if he stays on uh, as their pitcher. But uh, nothing really going for either team offensively here tonight. Only a total of three hits in the game. Uh, a total of three walks that, uh, that Morton gave up. Otani hasn't given up a walk uh, tonight. By the way, Otani's ERA is sitting at 2.23. That's absurd. For a guy playing, you know, obviously DH every day and pitching the way that he is. And I haven't looked. At, let me look real quick because he's got 11 strikeouts now in this game. So that puts him, he's at 134 strikeouts in 80, or no, sorry, with uh, six innings tonight, 93 innings, 134 strikeouts in 93 innings. He came in averaging almost 13 strikeouts per nine innings. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And he's going to be a 200-plus strikeout pitcher in under 200 innings, in about 180 innings or something like that. That's that's crazy. That is that is being efficient. So, uh fun one at the ballpark tonight. We'll keep you up to date. We'll see if the Braves can uh, get something going because, um, look, uh, all you need right now is just a run or two. Uh, Angels offense really can't get anything going. They don't have a whole lot going on. So, We'll see what happens. All right, let's get to a college football roundup.
6: It's time for the college football roundup. A complete look at all the collegiate football action. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. So, obviously,
5: had a chance uh, this week to be at SEC Media Days. Really um, enjoyed my time there. Obviously, enjoyed hanging out with uh, with Andy and Randy uh, as well. A lot of fun uh, time there. Um, You know, my takeaways were, number one, that I thought of the people and the teams and things that we talked to. The Bulldogs were completely relaxed, and and you could tell they looked like a national championship winning team. They looked like the team that had won the national championship. And look, Stetson was there. We had a chance to talk with him. A lot of fun, right? Um, and he's a you know he's a pretty humble kid about about these things. But you know Nolan Smith looks like a guy who's going to be a beast. Looks like he's ready to have a breakout. But it was a very relaxed environment for, you know, that's the first time I've met Kirby Smart. So I've talked to him before, but first time I met Kirby Smart, very relaxed. And look, winning a national championship does that for you, right? And they know. They know they're the hunted. They know everybody's coming after them. But they got their natty, and they should be right back in the mix. And, and again, I think that they will be preseason number three. I think it will be Alabama, Ohio State, then Georgia from there. Which, you know, last I looked, it's a 14 playoff. So being third means you can still be in the playoffs when all is said and done. And what's he'll saying, as long as you get to the dance, that's all I got to do. Get to the dance, then you know, you're in the mix uh, to try to win this thing. So, um, I, I said I thought Will Levis was very impressive. He looks like Bo Callahan. Uh, I like the depth of the coaches in the SEC. Pittman is a guy, the right guy at Arkansas. Stoops is the right guy at Kentucky. I think Beamer's the right guy at South Carolina. I think Heupel's the right guy at Tennessee. You know, I I, I think there are a lot of the coaches throughout this conference that are in the right spot. Now, time will tell. You know, time will tell. Brian Kelly, in most years, Brian Kelly would be the number one story about him going to LSU within the SEC. It's about sixth. There was no fights, by the way. We didn't have any fight. We didn't have Saban and Jimbo fighting it out on the field. That would have been awesome. No fights or anything like that, so... We didn't get that uh, of all of it, but I thought everybody came across looking pretty good. I, I thought everybody, you know, I thought got a chance to listen to the several of the coaches and things like that. Oh, we did find out that Sam Pittman is a big fan of Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac because he said that's on his uh, jukebox that he's got in his office. So he's been listening to a lot of uh, Stevie Nicks and specifically Fleetwood Mac for it. So there you go. So Sam Pittman, uh, I knew I liked Sam Pittman uh, for a reason uh, out there. You know, it's funny, the, the different looks of these kids as far as, you know, we talked to um, um, uh, Flowers, the kid that, uh, at the safety for, for Tennessee, and he's a senior. He looks like he's 17 years old. And then you talk to some of these kids that are 19, 20, they look like they're, you know, 28, 29, and they're just physically just specimens out there. Derek Hall, I had a chance to talk to him. He's got hands like the size of a piece of paper. Like, he's a beast. No, no wonder he led Auburn and Saxon. No wonder he had three sacks against Alabama. He looks like a complete beast, um, you know. So like, SEC is just loaded with talent. And you know, the media poll came out. I had a chance to vote uh, in that. That was a lot of fun. I was like, voting in the media poll for the preseason. No real surprise. Uh, Eastern Division: Georgia, the heavy favorite. Kentucky, number two. Tennessee, number three. Then Florida. I actually had, I actually had Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee, and South Carolina. I've actually got Florida finishing below South Carolina, uh, but ahead of Missouri and Vanderbilt. Bama, A&M, Arkansas, Old Miss, LSU, Miss State, Auburn. I didn't have Auburn finishing last. I think Miss State's going to finish last in that division. I did have Alabama, a and I actually had LSU at number three. I think Brian Kelly's going to do a good enough job and they got enough talent. I think they're going to finish third. As far as winning the SEC, uh, I took Georgia over Alabama. They've got Bama, Georgia, South Carolina got three votes to be the SEC champion. Vanderbilt, got one vote to be SEC champion, and AM got one vote to be SEC champion. So somebody didn't take the responsibilities seriously. Uh, I don't agree with the first-team running backs. I had uh, I had Tank Bigsby on there. I also had Chris Rodriguez out of Kentucky. I still think he might be the best back in the SEC this year. Jameer Gibbs made the first-team uh, all-running back spot. I get that. I understand why. I got no problem with with how good a player Gibbs is going to be. I just think Chris Rodriguez is the second best, or either 1A or 1B with Bigsby as the best running backs in there. Quarterbacks, obviously, Bryce Young at number one. Hendon Hooker on the second team, Will Levis. And look, it's why I asked about the idea of where does Stetson fit in all of this. I voted Stetson for the second team. I I had Bryce Young one, I had Stetson two. Look, I think there's something to being the national championship winning quarterback. I understand how good their defense was, but every time they asked Stetson Bennett to make a play, whether it's in Michigan or against Alabama in the, in, in the title game, he made every play that they asked him to make. They weren't winning those games in spite of what Stetson Bennett did. And I thought he had command of the offense. And look, the offense wasn't asked to win any games this year. You know, last year they had one game that they needed their offense to help win. They did not win that game. But otherwise, their offense didn't have to win games. So I understand the angst about Stetson Bennett. And I and I think it's funny when people didn't want Stetson Bennett back. Like, why? Why'd you not want Stetson back? So, look, that's the quarterbacks. Georgia's loaded up on the defensive. Carter, Nolan, all those guys are there. So, there you have it. All right, let's get a couple of, uh, quick clips here before we get to break. I want to uh, play Jeff Collins, who was uh, at ACC Media Days. That was taking place on Thursday and Friday of this week as we were wrapping up SEC Media Days. Let's hear from Jeff Collins. He talks about players leaving, coming in and out of the transfer portal.
4: A lot of guys have come back yeah. home for yeah. a So, Yes, to the regional question, but a lot of our guys that have gone up to other places and have transferred back to them, mm-hmm. uh, I think that number is pretty high. I don't have that exact data, um, but I think we've gotten 17 transfers uh, in since the end of the season, and I'm uh, excited about the guys that have come
5: Here's my thing. I asked Andy and Randy this question. Is it a bad look that Jameer Gibbs left Georgia Tech? Or is it just sort of par for the course? I think it's a bad look. You have to find a way to keep your superstar at home, right? And I understand if you changed coaches, he doesn't get along with the coach. I understand that there are circumstances. But your superstar player should not be wanting out of your program. And that was Jameer Gibbs. And, and I understand, look, he may not quite be a superstar, but you understand what I'm saying. Like he's He's certainly the best player Georgia Tech has. That's not a good look for Jeff Collins. You shouldn't have your you shouldn't have your best player who doesn't have to worry about playing time or anything like that leaving your program. Here's Collins talking about bringing in guys from Auburn and Alabama through the portal that he also recruited in high school.
4: Bringing in Hassan Hall, um, a transfer in, that's coming back home uh, from Louisville, and then Dylan McDuffie running back from Buffalo. Uh, adding those two uh, has been really big for us, and then I think we've gotten uh, four offensive linemen uh, transferred in from the portal. And just meshing all of that together um, is going to be key for us to continue to get that continuity and the confidence and the physicality and all those things heading into the season. It's been really good. Um, Just, you know, Jeff is tremendously talented, um, but I think how he's poured himself, uh, into everything Coach Winky is teaching him fundamentals and eyes and progressive leadership, all of those things. Um, and then, you know, diving in with Coach Long and learning all the intricacies uh, and the progressions in the offense. And just excited to see him take that next step uh, in his development.
5: Well, the reason you get some of those guys that'll come is because they want to play and the the room gets very crowded. Because you have all the first team All Americans, all the five star top flight recruits, right? There's not room for everybody to play, so guys will get frustrated. But that doesn't make up for Jameer Gibbs. And and, and that's going to be the problem is, okay, uh, is Georgia Tech going to be just a stepping stone program, not for coaches, but for guys to come in, do really well, and then go somewhere else? All right, um, we got time to play this last clip. All right, opening with Clemson and then becoming a permanent opponent.
4: You know, Obviously, you know, the Mercedes-Benz game series uh, is really big for our program. Um, the recruits and transfers, they see us being able to have that kind of exposure and those kind of atmospheres. And again, to start the season in that venue against such a great Clemson team, um, it kind of narrows the focus throughout the entire offseason and uh, you know, just excited for the opportunity um, to get to that game. But there's still a lot of work to do to become a really good football team. Until that time
5: comes. Game's a sellout. Monday night, Labor Day night. Game is a uh, sellout at Mercedes Benz Stadium, Clemson and Georgia Tech. Should be a fun environment. All right, when we come back, help me make it make sense about the Jimmy G rumors coming to Atlanta. We'll talk about that next. Check from the Key Studios. Sports right now at the game, modesty.com.
1: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
2: Back to more John Chuckery. No, no, no. No, I'm having a good time. Having a good
6: time. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game.
5: Diving into the history and culture of baseball's unofficial rulebook with Unwritten, a new podcast hosted by former players Ron Darling and Jimmy Rollins. Looking at all the uh, secret, not-so-secret guidelines that big leaguers follow while playing the game, download Unwritten on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Chuckery in the Key Studios. At the top of the hour in the JR Sports Brief. Brownlicker Music Hour rolling right along. 404-741-0929. That is the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app, so you catch on the go. Social media is at nine to the game, at uh, jmsh three one six at underscore Dylan Matthews. Asking you for your uh, rankums as we got that coming up at ten forty here this evening. So, uh, the Braves have uh, broken through against Otani. Matt Olson hit a uh, two run shot. Really, the Swanson at bat got things going with the walk that he drew and and worked him really well. And then Olson came up and I mean, just fair by enough, right? Doesn't matter how close to being fair it is, as long as it's fair. And uh, he had a two run shot. So. Braves have a, a 2 to nothing lead, and they've got Riley on uh, third base now. So, uh, I think runners on second and third, uh, pot, or no, first and third maybe uh, here. So, uh, look, Braves hopefully try to break through on all this. Angels offense is not very good. So, you got a couple of runs against Otani. You can hang him with the loss, and um, let's see what happens from there. Would assume um, they'll get a chance to close this thing out. Dylan Lee came in for Morton in the seven. So, Morton, six innings, two hits, no runs seven strikeouts and three walks. Morton is in line to get the win because this is the, um, uh, well, no, he's not. Because uh, he doesn't, um, Otani doesn't even have an out yet here in the inning. So, no, he is not in line to get the uh, the win. So, he pitched really well. But right now, Dylan Lee would be in line to get the win because this is the seventh inning that Otani. I'm looking at it, I forgot that Otani doesn't have any outs here. And we're in the, um, in the sixth inning. So, Morton pitched his tail off tonight. 105 pitches, got the job done, kept this thing close all night. Now the Braves' offense is finally kind of breaking through. Uh, Robinson Cano, by the way, had to exit the game because of dizziness. So he was kind of stumbling and fumbling around a little bit in the uh, dugout and had to kind of hold onto the rail and things like that. So they pulled him. Garcia's in at second now. But we'll see what's going on with uh, with Cano, why he – you know, what what's going on there, if he's okay, if there's something else, whatever like that. But he – um he, uh, he was taken out because of uh because of dizziness it was the uh, the actual report that they got out there so Olson hits a two-run homer Riley was uh, not Riley but um, Swanson was on base and then Riley uh, Riley has two hits tonight by the way too so good to see him kind of uh, getting things cranked up and going let's hope that Matt Olson continues his home run streak could I, could I tell you I could care less about hearing about how many doubles Matt Olson hits if he hits no doubles in the second half of the season and hits 20 25 homers that's where I want matt Olson to be so he hits his 18th homer of the night. Uh, Braves get another hit here. So uh, I think that's Rosario. Rosario got a uh, got a single. So uh, Braves in good shape now. Three nothing. We'll keep you up to date as uh, this thing moves along. My guess is they got to pull Latani uh, right now. You've got you got nobody out. Two guys on. Nobody out. He's given up three runs already. I think it's time to uh, to yank him out there. So he's at 88 pitches, but I think it's time to yank him. Their bullpen is not very good, so uh, which is a good thing for the Atlanta Braves. All right, speaking of things that uh, are also kind of maybe not so good at times, there was a report out yesterday that said that the Falcons were one of five teams that have reached out to talk to Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, obviously in the final year of his contract. They have Trey Lance, who they think is the future, they hope is the future, right? Jimmy G's a guy who has no dead money, so even if the, the 49ers cut him, which I doubt that they will because you want to get something back for him, I don't know what the trade package would look like for Jimmy G on an expiring contract and this, that, and the other. But I guess it, to me it makes no sense to look at bringing Jimmy G. In. Now, look, this most likely is coming from the blue checkmark media. Well, it's not most, it is coming from the blue checkmark media. Same people who told you that Deshaun Watson was signed, sealed, and delivered. Same people who told you it was down to uh, Georgia and Alabama for the services of Arch Manning. Same people who told you that John Collins would get traded on draft night. Then when he didn't, it was well he's going to get traded. Who didn't get traded at all? Okay, so take the take the story for what it is. But it would seem strange to me because it goes against the idea of what the Atlanta Hawks have been doing all off season. Sorry, I'm getting all my teams confused. Atlanta Falcons have done this off season. If you really wanted Jimmy G, and, and again, he's been available since probably toward the end of last year. If you really wanted Jimmy G, why would you not have made a move for him before the, the draft happened? Why would you have gone and signed Marcus Mariota, then drafted Ritter in the third round just to go trade for Jimmy G? That makes no sense whatsoever from a roster management standpoint because you could have used that third-round pick on something other than a quarterback and drafted a quarterback later on, take a flyer on a guy. Because if you're trading for Jimmy G, you're hoping that, well, first off, you're not hoping he's your starter. You know he's your starter for this year, but you're hoping that he shows you enough to sign him to a long-term deal. So that the roster management aspect of it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And then the money and everything like that, okay, if you are going to sign Jimmy G to a long-term deal, you just got out of cap purgatory to sign another quarterback for a good bit of money. And look, even a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, who, by the way, has been a Super Bowl quarterback, you know he's going to get, even on the open marketplace, $20, $25 million. That's what quarterbacks get. Of any salt, at least a Super Bowl-appearing you know, quarterback like that, who has done some success in the league. He's not Marcus Mariota trying to hopefully find a job. Somebody will pick him up and start him when the 49ers move on from it, whether it's trade or they let him go, or he just plays out his year in San Francisco and moves on. He's going to have some value on the open marketplace. Even Baker Mayfield's going to have some value on the open marketplace. That's just the reality of the quarterback position. Not enough good starters to go around, right? Carson Wentz keeps finding jobs in the NFL. People want a starting quarterback that need one, so he'll find he'll find something. Is that going to get out of here? Is that a home run? Yep, there you go. All right, so Braves have really opened this thing up uh, now. So uh, Orlando Arcia, who came in the game for Cano, he's hit a three-run homer. So yeah, needless to say this thing is blown wide open now so now we're 6 nothing Braves uh, up on air and I don't know I, I don't know I really don't understand why they they've left Otani in this long when he's getting beat up everywhere but Arcia who came in for the dizzy Robinson Cano is you know he's he's in now and it's 6 nothing so there you go Braves have opened this thing up completely and funny how one inning can turn some things around that's one of those managerial decisions that you know, okay, have I stuck with Otani too long or this, any other? And tonight he didn't pay dividends. He was mowing guys down earlier in the game, right? 11 strikeouts through six innings, and then he's only gotten one out this inning. And now look at his line. Six and a third, six hits, six earned runs. The one walk, 11 strikeouts, but he's given up two home runs now uh, in this inning. So, yeah, needless to say, things have gone sideways very quickly for him. But, look, also the Jimmy G experiment,
4: it uh,
5: – If the Falcons are not going to be good this year, and and let's be honest, and Randy Mack and I were having this discussion off air the other day, because he asked me, he says, what if Ritter plays well, and you still have a top three pick? I said, you still go draft Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, whatever one's available. You still go draft one of those guys. Because you still have to have what you think is your franchise quarterback. And the reality is, Desmond Ritter playing well this year, unless he plays at an MVP level, unless he plays like at Pat Mahomes' 50-touchdown level, you're not going to have the book written on him. You're not going to know what he is or is not by playing well in a handful of games because he's not going to start the season as the starter. Unless Mariota gets hurt in training camp, he's not going to start the season as the starter for this team. I don't think that he is. I don't think so. And how much are you going to learn about him? Even in one season, how much are you going to learn about him? I said, unless he's going to be Pat Mahomes in his rookie year and throw for whatever, 40 touchdowns and lead his team to playoffs and all that kind of stuff, you're not going to know the full book on him. So I'd still be in the Stroud and Young business if you get a top three pick, even if he does play well. That's me. I mean, if I'm the GM, because I'm still going to look for my franchise quarterback. Now, I think they're going to play better. I think they're going to have a top three pick, and this will all be moot at some point. But – It just doesn't make sense for them to go have a Jimmy G on this roster right now. And is he a better quarterback than what they have currently on the roster? Yes, I do believe that. I do believe that he's a better quarterback than what they currently have on the roster. But, and I'm going against what I say all the time, it just doesn't make sense from a financial aspect of it. It doesn't make sense from a roster management aspect of it. It doesn't matter for what the long-term plan is. Play it out. Play it out the way that you had designed to do this thing. You know, you, you brought Mariota in to bridge. He's worked with Arthur Smith, played for Arthur Smith, run his offense. You drafted a quarterback in the third round that you want to give a shot to. Play it out without hitting the panic button. How much of a difference is Jimmy G going to make on this team? If I think there's six wins now, is he going to go out there and win three or four games more because you have him? I don't think so. I don't think he's going to win three or four more games. I don't think you're talking about going from six wins to nine wins and being nine and eight and being above 500 and who knows, maybe a playoff team. I don't think Jimmy G is the kind of quarterback who's going to take a really bad roster and completely turn things around for you. So, again, all these different aspects of it, I don't understand. When I read the story on Twitter and the blue checkmark media, I immediately thought, okay, this is Watson, Collins, Arch. It's, it's all of that here lately. Do I think that the Falcons have reached out to the 49ers about Jimmy Garoppolo? No, I don't believe that. Do I think that the 49ers have potentially called the Falcons and said, hey, we have them available here. Here's what we're looking for. Yes, because you're looking for teams who need a quarterback. It wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for the 49ers to call the Green Bay Packers and say, hey, we got Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, we got the MVP of the league here, and we just signed him for $100 million for two years. Oh, okay. Well, we're just checking because we've got Jimmy Garoppolo available to you. Yeah, we've got Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be the first ballot Hall of Famer, and he's going to lead us for the next several years. Okay, we just want to let you know they're not reaching out to those kinds of teams. They're reaching out to teams that legitimately look like they could need quarterback help and say, hey, You know, here's what we got, here's what we're looking for, would you be interested in this at all? I think they did that with the Falcons. I don't believe that the Falcons are seeking out the 49ers and saying, hey, tell us what you want for Garoppolo. Because what are you going to do, include Ritter or Mariota back in that? Because you don't trade for Jimmy G and not make him the starter. Like, that would make no sense. Why would you trade for a guy just to put him on the bench? Especially when he's on the final year of his contract. I don't understand if he was on... He's got three, three more years, and he's got a rookie-scale salary. But Jimmy D's going to get paid in the offseason, and it's, none of it makes any sense. So we get ready for training camp coming up next week. Players will report. Veterans, I should say, report. Rookies are already there. Veterans will report coming up on Tuesday. We'll have our coverage here on uh, 92.9 The Game starting on Friday the 29th as Freaky and Hugh will be out of training camp. Andy and Randy will be out of training camp. Mark Zinno will be there on Saturday. And then again, Freaky and Hugh and Andy and Randy will be broadcasting all week long. Oh, John C2. Freaky? Yes, John Freaky. And we have the um uh Sandra and Steak will be out there on Friday with uh, what's that show called? The side deck? Back porch? What's that thing called? Something like that. So anyway. All right, rank is coming up next. Hit us up. 404-741-0929. Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Sign to be a part of the show. Uh at JMCH316 at underscore. Dylan Matthews. Hit us up with a list. We'll get to rank them up next. Check her in the Key Studios. Sports right now at the Game Odyssey.com app.
1: to
7: more John Chuckery. Hey, folks, how you doing?
5: Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, back with you on the John Chuckery Show, hanging in the Keys studios, head to the top of the hour the JR Sports Brief coming up next. Braves are rolling right along here, 6 nothing, and everything's just getting out of control now for uh, Braves and uh, Angels. So this one will be in the books here shortly. 404 741 0929, Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app, so you catch us on the go. Social media at 929 The Game at JMCH316 at underscore Dylan Matthews. Used to have a little bit of fun on the weekends. We would uh, pick Randy's brain, pick Hugh's brain, learn a little bit more about the guys. Sometimes I give them a list of things to put in order. We decided to steal it. And we call this segment "Rank Them."
6: All right, Chuck. We're going to start off with the uh, the national days today. So uh, I left one of them I saw, off there. I saw a couple of those some
5: weird national days today.
6: Yeah, there were yeah. some very weird ones. So here we go. Rank these national days today: National Hammock Day, National Mango Day, National Is This Panouche Fudge? Is that how you say it? Panouche Fudge Day, and National Rat Catchers Day. Um.
5: Give me the mango one. Give me the hammock two. I don't know what the hell that fudge thing is, and I don't know why we have Rat Catchers Day,
6: but <laughs> gotta gotta show some appreciation to the Rat Catchers out there. It's not a I fun mean I know that I there guess. I know
5: that there's like you know they come and take care of your rodents and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, the services, the the exterminators and all that kind of stuff. Right. I I don't know that they call them Rat Catchers, but maybe I'm wrong about that. So anyway,
6: okay. So. In honor of National Panouche Fudge Day, I'm guessing that's some form of chocolate since it has fudge at the end. Um, we're gonna go. We're gonna have you rank uh, these different forms of chocolate. So, fudge, chocolate chip cookies, chocolate ice cream, or brownies. Rank them. Brownies, ice cream. What'd you say? Fudge and what was the other thing? Fudge and chocolate chip cookies and chocolate ice cream.
5: Um, ice cream one, cookies two. Brownies three, fudge four. I'm not a big fudge. By the way. Really? The uh, the uh, the fudge is, this particular type of fudge is like a light-colored brown sugar uh, oh, fudge. Oh, okay. Yeah, like brown sugar, vanilla extract type of uh, fudge. Oh, that so, sounds good, actually. Yes. Um, it The difference is it's fudge-like candy made from brown sugar, butter, and milk with no flavorings except for vanilla.
6: Mm, yes, and it's sign usually, me up.
5: It's usually tan and lighter colored. Than regular fudge.
6: You can Sign me up for that fudge. My yeah. mom, like, one thing she always does for the holidays, like as a, a cheap gift, and she may give like another person this plus another gift, but she always makes like uh she makes fudge and puts it in, you know, nice little tin yeah, foil and she she hands yeah. it out to people. Yeah. yeah I, I,
5: listen, I'll I'll gladly take like you give me cookies or fudge or something like that for Christmas, yeah. I'll gladly take yes, sir. all that
6: kind of stuff. Snack on that. Good uh, little snack. let me
5: hit up one from the Asylum Rose Diamond Text line. The former or I should say former. Oh boy. Uh, the future, Mrs. Matthew Ryan is texting in. Oh, with a, yes! How about that, huh?
6: Congrats! Uh,
5: vodka, gin, whiskey, and tequila. Well, everybody knows tequila for me goes way on the bottom. That's number four. So I go whiskey one, vodka two, gin three, and I refuse to drink tequila. Why don't you um, like just, tequila? Just it's I, I've thrown up from it before, and I, I just I'm, it I'm you. you know just yeah. there, there are a couple things. Uh, tequila's made me throw up. Yukon Jack has made me throw up. I remember. I remember bent over with my head in a plastic trash can after drinking Yukon Jack and just throwing up in it. So when you have those kinds of bad memories, you decide not to get involved in that particular liquor.
6: Yeah, no, I feel you. There's once, This actually wasn't too, too long ago when uh, Kanye had, not the first one, but the second. his second listening party. Uh, Simone and I, we drank half a bottle of Trez like him, like, uh, not a, a short amount of time. It shouldn't have been consumed that fast. We drank like half the bottle, and uh, it was not a not a good night for me. Just like shots? Yeah, just shots. Really? Ooh. Yeah. How, mm-hmm. did, you, did, you, did you bring it all back? Oh, I brought all, yeah. uh, all that back and more. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll bet.
5: Like, it's I, not good for yeah. me. Yeah, I, me and tequila have just never gotten along. I, and I've had shots of, like, Silver Patron. I can drink, uh-huh. like, a shot of Silver Patron. Right. But, like,
6: Gold or yellow tequila? No, I'm good, man. No thanks. Yeah, no thanks. Okay, so since it is National Rat Catchers Day, we're going to mm-hmm. give them a little bit more. I've uh... caught
5: a few rats in Buckhead. Have you really? Yes. Oh, yes. Man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That I mean, sounds like a lot of fun. I, Cafe Tutu Tango, <laughs> uh, Bell Bottoms, uh, Bar Atlanta. I've caught my share of rats before. Okay,
6: so rank these jobs.
5: I haven't really gotten into hood rats, though. <laughs> I haven't gotten too much in the hood rats. I don't think I've you should... I've got ma- a couple here or there. Yeah, you yeah, might we, not... We've all
6: had of our experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, don't want to mess... Don't want to interact with the hood rats no more hmm. than you have to.
5: No. I mean, we've all had
6: our, you know, days. Right. No. Yeah. So, there you go. Sometimes at 2 o'clock in the morning, you do what you gotta do. <laughs> hey, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning at Waffle House, you never know what's gonna happen. Yeah, exactly. Listen, I've, I've, got, I've got a funny story about that in Stone Mountain. Uh, oh, yeah? Sort of, sort of Stone
5: Mountain-Clarkston area. Uh-huh. I, you know, this... This girl, I, I, I noticed this black girl out in the parking lot. I uh-huh. thought she was attractive, and, yeah. and I was kind of staring at her as I was getting some food. Yeah, and she like she like motions me over, and she's like, "What you staring at, white boy?" Uh oh! And It just kind of went from there. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was that, yeah. was. that was that was a good night. That that, was, that yeah. man Chuck got her with yeah. the stare. Yeah. Oh, now, that man. Was, that was a good night. All, that it, was, all it took that, was that, a look. Well, it took a little bit more than that, but that's that got it started or whatever. Okay,
6: so, I see you. Yeah. Ladies, man. Chuckery. Okay. It was, it's
5: right there at, this was, oh, gosh, right off of Memorial. And is that Rockbridge Road or somewhere mm-hmm. right around in there? Okay. There was a Waffle House over there. Kind of like, it, it's not far from where they used to have that college in Clarkston. The the perimeter college. okay. Oh, I know, okay, at I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there yeah, There's a waffle yeah. house right over by there that, that I met her.
6: Yeah, them. So you know, some you pull hey man, up to a waffle house was, especially yeah. at night. You no, know, yeah. hey, ladies listen, can be on go. Listen, everybody's got a gimmick, man. <laughs> okay, rank these jobs: exterminator, butcher, dog catcher, or dog groomer.
5: Um, give me the butcher one because I like to hang around meat. Um. <laughs> Dog catcher, dog groomer, and rat. You said bug
6: catcher uh, The rat catcher? Yeah, exterminator, rat catcher, same. Oh, no. Give me,
5: give me dog groomer, dog. Catcher? Dog catcher, and then, yeah, whatever. I don't want to <laughs> catch bugs and all that kind of stuff. No, thanks. I okay. don't want to catch bugs for I, like, I understand so, everybody's got to make a
6: living. Yeah. I get that. You got to pay bills. Right. But if I have choices, like, why would I? Wouldn't go out and choose that. Yeah. Yeah, it's the bottom of totem pole. Yeah. You know, so, okay. We've been talking a lot about SEC media days. You were there chopping it up with, uh, you know, a whole bunch of whole bunch of coaches and athletes and whatnot. And we've been talking about quarterbacks for a little bit, you know, NFL, college, all that good stuff. So who do you think out of these SEC quarterbacks is going to have a better NFL career? Bryce Young, Will Levis, Spencer Rattler, who's now in the SEC, or Anthony Richardson? I still
5: think Young. I still think Bryce Young. Um Man, I know Levis has all the tools, but he's got to get more accurate. So he said Richardson, Levis, who was the other one? Spencer Rattler. I'm gonna go off the. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with Rattler. I thought he was gonna be the number one overall draft pick a couple of years ago. I'm gonna go with Rattler, number number two. I'm gonna go Levis three, and I don't believe in Rich Anthony Richardson at all. <laughs> I don't understand the fascination with him at all. Um so, yeah, I, I think Levis has got a shot because he's got all the physical tools. And he is impressive in person. I, I will say that, yeah. that he's definitely impressive
6: in person. All right. So, Dream Car. And uh, you, you, I think you were the guys that – you talked to Nolan Smith on the Midday Show, right? Yes. Yes. So, you guys talked to Nolan Smith. And I believe he talked to you about his uh, custom pickup truck. Was that on your show, or is that just on uh, when he was on the stage? Uh, I can't remember. Good
5: question. I think it was on stage. I okay. don't remember him talking about the pickup truck with us.
6: Okay, well, he said during SEC Media Days, you know, he loved talking about his custom pickup truck and whatnot. So, if you could have a dream car out of these four, how would you rank them? A custom pickup truck, and with this custom pickup truck, it can be whatever color, whatever bells and whistles you want. Basically, you can make a pickup truck from scratch, This is what that would be. So there's that. Uh, A Lambo truck slash SUV. It's not really a truck. It's more like an SUV because it doesn't have a truck bed. So that, uh, a Porsche convertible or any year Corvette that you want. Um, Corvette one, Porsche convertible
5: two. Give me the Lambo thing three and whatever (laughs) your first one was, number four. Um, Let me grab from the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Heather Chadwell Taya Parker, Spencer Scott, Tiffany Fallon. Now, I didn't know who the other three were. I know who Tiffany Fallon is. She used to be here in Atlanta, and she was married to the guy from Rascal Flatts. Uh, maybe she still is. I don't know. But I think she was a Playboy model. Uh, oh, Tiffany okay. Fallon is uh, quite uh, quite striking, and certainly was back in the old days. She used to be on a little bit of – she would do some guest appearances on Sports Talk Radio, so I'd take her number one for sure. Give me um, – Give me Taya Parker number two. I don't even know who that is, but give me Taya Parker number two. <laughs> give me uh, Heather Chadwell number three, and I'll put uh, Spencer Scott at the uh, number four.
6: There you go. Okay. Obviously, we're homers here, and yes. we're we would say that you know, if we had to pick out of some teams, we say the Braves are the best chance to win the World Series. Yes. So, besides the Braves, out of these teams, how do you rank? them uh, having the best chance to win the World Series. Yankees, Dodgers, Mets, Astros.
5: Um, Dodgers, Astros, Yankees, and who's the fourth one? Mets. Mets. Yeah, Mets. Yeah, I, I think the Dodgers and Astros are still the class of Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. even more than the Yankees. I trust those two franchises because they've been there. Right. So give me those two first, then the Yankees, and then F the Mets. That, there you that, go. I, I don't, Big mood. Mets would be, even if you told me, if you said Marlins, Nationals, <laughs> Diamondbacks, Mets, who's most likely to win the World Series, I still have the Mets number four. So there you them. go. F All the Mets. Right, from the uh, real Matt Ryan, Goo Goo Dolls, Third Eye Blind, Sugar Ray, or Matchbox Twenty. Matchbox Twenty. I like Matchbox Twenty. I like that. What's his name? Rob. Whatever. He did the song with with uh, Carlos Santana. I like Matchbox Twenty. Okay. Like them. Give me the um, Give me the Goo Goo Dolls number two. Give me Third Eye Blind number three. And Sugar Ray was just ridiculous, so they can go number four. Also from the Solomon Buzz, I mean, No, from uh, Twitter. Uh, our buddy Marco. Rank these Beatles uh, albums with movies. Hard Day's Night, Help, Magical Mystery Tour, Let It Be. Um, I still go Help. I think Help's a terrific album. Uh, Really a lot of good songs in there. Give me Help, number one. Give me Let It Be, number two. Give me a Hard Day's Night, number three. And the Magical Mystery Tour was just a mishmash of a bunch of just garbage. (laughs) That's
6: out. Okay. Last one for you before we get to Love TKO. Rank these old phones before the iPhone era. BlackBerry. Sidekick, remember the old sidekicks of uh, T-Mobile? Yep, I sure uh, did. Razor, Motorola yep, Razor. Razor, had a Razor. Or Palm Pilot?
5: Um, Give me the Razor. I like the Razor one. Give me the mm-hmm. Sidekick two, Blackberry three, and I never had a Palm Pilot. Um, I know what they are and all that, yeah. never had a Palm Pilot. <laughs> I wasn't business enough for a Palm Pilot, right? <laughs> that was more of the businessman's, you know, device to have, right? Okay. Like, you had to be more yeah. highfalutin than <laughs> the Palm Pilot, so... There you go. That's a rank for a Friday night. Love TKO. Coming up next, sports right now at the game on OC.com.
0: As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients,
2: And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tecovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west.
7: Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring
2: Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer,
7: L love... King, At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York, on Wednesday, March 20th, tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices with Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies, presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at KingsTheater.com.
5: Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with you, at John, Chuck- John Chuckery Show. Wrapping things up with a love TKO. Jar Sports Brief coming up next. i going to talk about something I just am literally watching right now here. But first, before we get out of here, the greatest opening lyric in all of music history.
0: I was
5: just watching the uh, trailer for John Wick 4. There's a new trailer that just came out, a minute-long Minute six long trailer for the next uh, John Wick film. They're doing another one. Oh yeah, they, this one's been this one's been in the can for a while. Um, it's not coming out till next year, but they filmed this thing like a couple of years ago, right? This was another one of those pandemic movies like Top Gun that got filmed and put in the can for you know a couple of years or whatever like that. So yeah, John Wick Four is uh, the first trailer drop. It's going to be March of next year when this thing is released, but because uh, you know it's Comic Con right now. This is Comic Con week. So, because we're supposed to also get right the um, uh, Marvel next phase or whatever. What 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 is this five That's or right, something yeah. like that? Phase five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're supposed to get the next phase five of movies from Marvel. So we'll see what uh, what happens with it. But yeah, the John Wick trailer I it, it mean here, here's a here's a here's a spoiler. It's a trailer where John Wick kills everybody. <laughs> Shocking, huh? <laughs> Who would have seen that coming, right? Right. Anyway. All right. Listen, we'll be back Monday all next week and the week after with you. So Chuckery is back. We'll be on the show all week long. For Dylan, Is Chuckery. we got to get out of here. We'll see you. Bye.